The Lord be with you. And also with you. Brothers and sisters, would you open up your Bibles now to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We are going to be reading from verses 16 to 33 this morning. Before we get started, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever heard what you would describe as a really impressive uh, communicator? Somebody who is able to communicate with clarity and maybe drive a message right into your heart, drive you to the point of tears or conviction. I had that experience back in 2012. I had traveled with a friend to uh, together for the gospel, a pastor's conference in Louisville, Kentucky. And while there at this conference, the Reverend Dr. Ligon Duncan shared a message from 1 Kings chapter 19, and it was called The Underestimated God. It was at a time in ministry in my life where I was in need of hearing a, a message like this, but I did not know what I was going to be, be hearing that, that morning. This message was the story about 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah had, after experiencing an amazing period in ministry, he hit an all-time low. His heart was, was heavy, he was upset with God, and he had gotten to a point where he had underestimated the power and the strength and the care of his God. As I listened to this message, which in its entirety was about 57 minutes long, I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized by the picture of, that Ligon Duncan had put before me about the power of God, the strength and the love and the tender kindness of this God that I so loved. There came a point in the message where Ligon said this, and listen carefully to this quote, because it struck me at the point I was at. It's, he said, God gets at our most fundamental idolatry, and he ruthlessly crushes it in his unfathomable love and his fatherly kindness, and his inscrutable wisdom, and he goes after our greatest treasures, and he leaves us with nothing but himself, so that we are limping on our way for the rest of our lives, having learned, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. My heart received that through tears, but I received it with gladness. It's amazing how the right preacher can draw a crowd. It can hold, even hold men like me spellbound by the good news of the gospel that I had heard over and over and over and preached time and time again. And it has a way that, that kind of preaching has the way to even change lives. And so there's nothing quite like a powerful speaker. But this morning, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is going to be addressing a problem within the church. And it's a problem that we too can face. So my friends, would you stand for the reading of God's holy word? And before we hear his word, would we ask, would you ask with me a 
special blessing upon the reading and the expounding of his word. Let us pray together. Oh, Holy Father, you have given us the word of God, and it is for our benefit. And we come humbly this morning, Lord, and we ask for your help, that the Spirit of God would so open our eyes to what you have to see, say to us this morning. Lord, would our minds be alert and open to the truth that you have for us. And Lord, would our lives be quick to welcome it and obey it and to live in light of it. So help us, O Lord, in the the speaking and in the listening to do so in such a way that honors and glorifies you, the living God. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear the word of the Lord from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I repeat, let no one Think me foolish. But even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What I am saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys and dangers from, from rivers. Danger from robbers. Danger from my own people. Danger from the Gentiles. Danger in the city and danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is forever blessed, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under Artis was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket 
through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, thanks be to God. My brothers and sisters, Paul is addressing an issue that is going on with the church, a church that he had started on one of his missionary journeys. And after Paul had left, a group of what was called super apostles came to the church in Corinth. And these super apostles really did not like Paul. And who were these super apostles? Well, they were a group of leaders who had come into the church and claimed that they were better than Paul. They claimed that they were better communicators than Paul. They claimed to be better off financially than Paul. After all, he was a tent maker working with his hands. And this group of itinerant missionaries came in from Corinth and attacked Paul's credentials on many different fronts. But the one front that got Paul at his most vulnerable spot, it was the most devastating charge of all. It was a personal attack on his ability to communicate the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a fairly common way to approach life. These people were trash-talking to make themselves look good and make others look bad. The whole idea around a boast is, their boast was, we can do it, we can get it, we are strong enough, and we are good enough. But what God says is the problem with every human heart. You look at your beauty, you look at your smarts, you look at your talents, you look at any kind of good about yourself, you look at the achievements that you have accomplished here in this life, and you say, I did it. You take credit for it, and you can see your own accomplishment. But the reality is, God is saying, listen, you are taking credit for something that is not yours. These are all gifts from God. You were born with this God-given talent. You were born with a beauty that God had given you. you. These are all gifts from God, but you are taking credit for them. And my friends, this is the, the very nature of every one of our hearts, isn't it? Every single soul makes its boast in something. It, every one of us looks at something and our soul says, this is why I am valuable. This is why I am love worthy. This is why I am worthy of applause, of accolades, of cheering. This is why I am worthy of praise. This is my glory. This is who I am. This is my significance. This is my value. This thing. I have accomplished this. This is mine. And this is what is going on in the Corinthian church. The leaders were boasting about how great they were. Boasting is a natural tendency of every one of our hearts. But along comes Paul, right? If Paul wanted to boast, he could have. And I love the way that D.A. Carson described what Paul could have said. Dr. Carson writes this. I have established more churches. I have preached the gospel in more lands. And 
to more ethnic groups. I have traveled more miles. I have won more converts. I have written more books. I have raised more money. I have dominated more councils. I have walked with God more fervently and seen more visions. I have commanded the greatest crowds and performed the most spectacular miracles. But that is not what Paul did. What did Paul say instead? Paul said, my friends, boasting is stupid. Take note, because this really applies to all of us, doesn't it? Paul says in, in verses 16 to 18, I repeat, let no one think me foolish. But even if I do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What am I saying with this boastful confidence? I say not as the Lord would, would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting according to the flesh, I too will boast. Did, did you pick it up? Paul is just dripping with sarcasm right here. He, he is being heavy. It is just thick with sarcasm. And if you didn't pick it up, go back and read it. And what Paul is saying here is that boasting is absolutely foolish. Actually, he goes even a bit further than that. He is, he is about to establish his credibility by his own version, his own style of boasting. And he says that this should work out well for the Corinthians because they're into this whole boasting kind of thing. But Paul is making a point, and, and he continues on in verses 19 through 21. He says, For gladly you bear with fools, being wise yourself. For you bear it if someone makes you slaves, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. And to my shame, I must say that we were way too weak for that. And Paul is pointing at the people that the Corinthians liked. These were impressive speakers. They were amazing public speakers, but they were also abusive. It's like their resume read like this. Skilled leader, good track record, award-winning public speaker, probably a TED speaker, you know. He, this, his resume would have read, robs other followers of their freedoms, exploits followers and their resources, takes advantage of people, abusive tendencies and actions. That is how their resume would have read. And people, for some reason, they were okay with it, probably because things were getting done. Things were quite impressive. The church was growing. And that's the problem with boasting, though, isn't it? It's stupid. And when we boast, and when we are impressed with the boasting of other people, we ourselves are stupid. We're, we're just not seeing the entire picture that is out there. It's foolish. There has got to be a better way. Because, my friends, boasting is absolutely foolish. It's short-sighted. But here's the other thing that Paul is saying. Not only is boasting uh, stupid and foolish, He's saying that the only thing worth boasting about is weakness. And Paul says, listen, okay, if, if we are going to boast about anything, 
let me give you some things to boast about. And we have read already that Paul could have boasted about a ton of his accomplishments. Verses 21 to 23, whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also to dare, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? I'm a Hebrew. Are they Israelites? I'm an Israelite. Are you part of the, the lineage of Abraham? So am I. Are, are they a servant of Christ? So am I. Paul could have boasted about all the accomplishments that he accomplished if he wanted to. He, he could have said, hey, I'm a Pharisee. Are you? I, I memorized the Torah. Did you? He, he met with Jesus on the Damascus road. He had given his life to the mission of Jesus. He had never asked for any money from the Ephesian church. And if Paul wanted to play the game, he could have played it and he could have won. But instead, what did Paul do? Paul boasted about his weakness. Oh, Pray that we would learn about this. Verse 23. Greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. See, Paul isn't boasting about his strengths. He is boasting about his sufferings. He boasts about weakness and suffering as the defining characteristic of his ministry. What does Paul boast about? He boasts about his punishments, his persecutions, his sufferings, and the dangerous situations that he faced as well as the daily pressure that he felt for the churches that he had planted. And I want us to look just briefly at verses 28 and 29, because I, I had never really noticed this before. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches. Paul had a pastoral heart for these people. And then he says, who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant. Here is the insight into the deep pastoral concern of Paul that he has for the churches. As, as Paul confessed to be weak, he stands with the weak. He stands with the vulnerable new believers. He is, and he inwardly burns at the prospect of such Christians falling away from Christ. And then, and when anyone fails in the church, Paul feels just the emotional weight as a pastor for their failure. He is burdened when someone else falls into sin. And he is not only referring to all those other churches that he has planted, but he is speaking to these Corinthians and saying, listen, I am burdened for you. What, what is Paul saying? He's saying this. B 
be aware of the weakness of strength. Be aware of the weakness of strength, but embrace the strength of weakness. Let me me say that again. Be aware of the weakness of strength, but embrace the strength of weakness. In our American culture, this doesn't really make sense, does it? Because we have always been told to be strong, be tough, push through, show them who's boss. But Paul is kind of flipping that over, isn't he? The true Christian life is not about status. It is not about self-promotion. We follow Christ. And what is Jesus like? What is this Christ like? My friends, look at Isaiah chapter 53. It says this, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should even desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, men, a, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. The, he had no home and he died a dishonorable death by the world's standards, and yet his very exaltation, the exaltation of Christ came how? Through his suffering. God's very nature is to give himself sacrificially in service to others. So who looks more like Jesus? Not the ones who embrace their strength, It is the ones who embrace their weaknesses, who are willing to serve others. That, my friends, looks a lot like Jesus. And so when the Corinthians beat up on Paul for the kind of ministry that he was doing, his humility and his suffering, what were they actually doing? They were actually beating up on the very qualities that made him a good leader. They were beating up on the very qualities that he picked up from Jesus Christ. It's it's stupid, my friends, to boast in, in our strengths when the very thing that we should be boasting about, if we are forced to, is giving up our lives, giving up our lives for God's glory and the good of humanity. So let me kind of Bring this home, if, if I may. There is a fundamental difference between what God values and what we value. We value success. We value education. We value wealth. We value accomplishments. God, on the other hand, just shakes his head and says, the thing that I value, my children, is a Christ-like humility. A heart that serves and a weakness that relies upon my strength. God's love and God's power were made known through humility and weakness. It's This, my friends, is how we were saved. We brought nothing. We have no strength to save us at all, right? 
There is no hope that we can conjure up enough strength, enough power, enough good deeds to be saved by God. So here's here's when we know that we have understood the gospel. When we stop boasting of our own strengths, and when we start embracing weakness, humility, and service, when we realize that the very thing that God will use most powerfully in our lives isn't our strengths, our giftedness, our wealth, our accomplishments, but our suffering, our identity with Christ. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what God is calling you to. God is calling you to stop boasting in your strengths and to start embracing your weakness and looking for opportunities. Yes, looking for opportunities, even in this time, in this season of unsureness, looking for opportunities to give yourself away in in, in service to him, and to those around us. This week, I've been rereading Eugene Patterson's uh, Peterson's uh, memoir called "The Pastor." And as I read a section towards the end of his book, I realized that this is a perfect way to end the sermon. Eugene Peterson was having a conversation with uh, Steve and Sarah, and these were uh, some connections that had known Eugene Peterson his entire life. And they were talking, asking him about what are the most memorable, what are the most beneficial parts of ministry? And he said something unique to them. Eugene Peterson said this, you are at your pastoral best when you are not noticed. To keep this vocation healthy requires constant self-negation, getting out of the way. This was new territory for Sarah and Steve. The three of us discussed it for the next hour, how a clamoring ego needs to be purged from the pastor's soul, from every Christian's soul for that matter, but pastors are at special risk. Friends, we we are our best. We are our best when we get out of the way, when we are not noticed. We are our best when we, we purge that clamoring ego from our soul. And when we embrace weakness, when we serve Jesus Christ and those who are around us. So my friends, beware. Beware of the the weakness of strength. And embrace, embrace it wholeheartedly. Embrace the strength of weakness. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, it is in weakness 
and frailty that Christ came into this world. It is in strength that he rose from the grave, conquering Satan, sin, and death. Lord, help us to realize that there is great weakness in strength. But there is amazing strength and power found in our weakness, in relying upon you to be the source of our strength. I pray, O oh Lord, that Missio Dei Church and those who are hearing, O oh Lord, would be noticed for their humility, their desire to, to serve. And Lord, may we trust you that even in weakness, you will be most glorified. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My friends, receive the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Blessings to you as you go.